Welcome to another episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. This is the place for inspiration and empowerment so that you can overcome shame, guilt, fear, loss, and grief. We are barely scripted, raw, real, and we even have a lot of fun. This is your place to get some tips so that you can begin to disrupt your trauma for good. Let's get started. Hello, my friends and fellow warriors. I am looking forward to this episode. Well, I look forward to every episode of Still Standing with Valerie Silvera. But this particular episode, I'm really excited about because I have a special guest. And no, it's not a famous person. And I'm glad it's not. Let me explain why. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being famous. And a lot of famous people have stories to tell, but I also think there's a lot of distractions with these so-called famous people, and we sometimes miss the stories. For every famous person, there are thousands and thousands of people who aren't famous, but have stories that are just as important, if not more important. So I like to highlight people like you and me, real people who are in the battle, who are fighting, who have stories to tell, yes, of victory, but sometimes their stories are also of their continued struggle. And, and that inspires me. I mean, that makes me believe that I can do things. It makes me believe, wow, if that person can do that, then come on, Valerie, you can dig down deep and find a little something to, to overcome whatever it is that I'm facing. So, I would like to introduce to you today, she lives in Ohio, and she's also one of my members of my Warriors and Hope group, and we've been hanging out and standing together for a few years now, and her name is Monette Hopkins. Hello, Monette. Hi, Valerie. How are you Hi, doing today? <laughs> I'm good. Well, I just wanted to thank you again for agreeing to come on here and do this because I know it's not something that you do every day. Yeah, I'm excited. Good. Okay. So, you know, if we had a couple hours, we could really talk about your whole story, Monette. <laughs> uh, so we're going to have to do a summarize encapsulation and perhaps we'll give a little bit here. And then as we go through and, and have a little talk, maybe we'll uncover a few more things. But um Suffice to say that you did not have an easy childhood. And I know that I want to say when you were 16, feel free to correct me, but you actually emancipated yourself from your parents. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. So you were living in a home that was filled with addiction. Is that true? I grew up in alcoholism, addiction that goes back for generations. And you were a single mother at what age? I became a mother at 15. 15. Okay, yes. so for those of you listening, I want you to picture this. Maybe some of you can relate to it. I, my mother was 17 when she had my older brother. And I mean, I just think she was a child. Okay, so you were 15 in a home filled with people who were in addiction. And right. rather than stay in that support system, whatever it was, you decided to go off on your own which tells me that the home situation could not have been good. It was just my mother, myself, and my son. And uh, 
he was just about one at that time. And with her alcoholism, um, the people that would visit, um, I knew, you know, already why they were there. I thought, okay, you know, I'll go out on my own. And of course, you know, I thought that was going to be better. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that was real easy, wasn't it? Yeah. So I had two jobs at the time. Uh, and my son went to a lady that did daycare out of her home. So I would go and work um, as much as I could because, you know, I thought I was going to be able to save and, you know, do better. And unfortunately, that's not the outcome. I ended up in addiction myself. So. Well, first, I want to say that it took a lot of courage. Maybe maybe when you look back, you think, well, that wasn't the wisest thing I did. Wise or not, it took a lot of courage for you to do that and for you to recognize that you didn't want to live in that environment. And then, unfortunately, addiction came and found you because as both you and I know, Monette, the addiction beast doesn't give a flying you-know-what. Whether you're trying, whether you came from alcoholism, whether you didn't, it really doesn't care. It comes after, tries to come after probably pretty much everybody. So um, I want to, I want to fast forward a little bit just so that we don't spend all of our time in your story and we don't get to, um, to some of the points that I, I think you, you have made to me when you and I were discussing what we might talk about today that really were important. But before I do that, I want to just to tell everybody that this little girl ended up having four children. You have had how many husbands, Monette? I've been married four times. And the last one was, you said, the best one, and he died unexpectedly, right? right? So, I mean, life has kind of handed you a crap sandwich, as they say. Yeah. So, you know, the, here's the thing about life, though, Monette. If we look back on all of it, we go, okay, so some of it is just the family we're born into. Some of it are is our choices. We have to recognize and take responsibility for our choices. And then some of what hits us upside the head are the choices of other people, right? But here's the thing. We can't go backwards, right? You can't go back and change any of that. You can't change your family. You can't change that you left when you were 15. You can only go forward. Right. So why don't you talk about, um, why don't you just say something? I mean, obviously... What I'd like to say is that you're you're going to talk about the struggles of your four children, but I also want to recognize, I want everyone to recognize that as Monette tells you that what's gone on with all four of her kids, which is just mind-boggling to me, but beneath all that, they were also have had so many beautiful qualities. They're good people. They're um, You have such good memories and fond memories and you love them so much. And, you know, no matter what their path has been, um, I just don't want people to, it's the same thing I do with Jamie, right? I mean, Jamie did a lot of bad stuff, right? She lived in addiction for 15 years. Of course she did, but that wasn't all that she was. And so I'm having Monette tell you about her four kids because it's part of her story of struggle, but I don't want anyone to forget that these are four beautiful souls, her four children. So Monette, go ahead and just tell us real quickly what wound up happening to all each of your four children. Well, uh, Gary is 50. He just turned 50 on July 1st, and he was a good child. 
who, who was very sweet. He was kind. He loved people. He loved elderly people. Um, he That's amazing be, right there. That's a yeah. quality. Yes. And I, he was just so sweet. Everybody loved him. I drove a church bus at one time and he would help the elderly people on and off the bus. And they just thought there was nothing like him. I think he was around 11 then and still just as sweet as ever. But of course, you know, the older they get, the hormones start kicking in and he found himself a girlfriend and then he started going by the wayside. You know, he, he wasn't really interested in uh, God or going to church. Um, he got into drugs. And I know uh, at first it was just marijuana. And then that escalated um, the older he got. From then until now, he has spent around 24 plus years in prison. Is he there now? He is not, but he's actually a fugitive. Wow, that's tough. Now, is he your oldest? He's your oldest son. Yes. Now, who's yeah. next in line? Uh, next in line was Sabrina. Okay. Um, she was my oldest daughter and was an addict and also a young mother at 16 herself. She became a full-blown addict around 17, 18 years old. That lasted 22 years. She was homeless and in the streets. Um, That's really, really tough on a mommy's heart, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's, it's just... It's excruciating. Yeah, you, you just, you can't explain it. By the time she became an addict, she had already had a son um, due to her addictions and instability. I ended up taking custody of him and I raised him. And then He's, tell us what happened, what ended up happening to Sabrina. Well, through her addictions, um, you know, of course, she met people on the streets that she thought were her friends and she would she would come come back to our city and she'd go to a homeless shelter and she'd get herself back together and this was a it, it was a habit the girl that was staying with her 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 drug of choice was crack uh, the other girl had, am I allowed to say her name, her first name? Sure. Okay. Her name was Shannon. Um, she got a social security check and it was deposited at midnight and they went out um, probably around two or three o'clock in the morning. They started looking for drugs. They knew where to get it. So they picked this boy up and they headed north to Columbus. And the boy got a phone call on the way there that said they wasn't in Columbus, that they would be in Circleville shortly. Made a U-turn and she turned in front of an electric bucket truck 
that smacks Sabrina's side of the vehicle and sent them across the freeway into a ditch. Shannon was ejected. Uh, Thanks the other again boy for being that here. Was with them was barricaded in the car. They they couldn't get him out. They got Sabrina and laid her out on the ground and uh, as they were trying to revive her. Uh, it, it was less than 10 minutes that she lived after the wreck. They said she tried to speak a few words and it sounded to him like she was saying, I'm sorry. Oh, God bless her. Yeah. Oh, Monette, that is such a bittersweet thing for you have, to have been told, I imagine. Right. Um, yeah. I remember, you know, the first time Jamie was shot, when the when the one she survived, that was the very first thing she said to me when she they took the breathing tube out. So, I mean, deep down, they don't want to be where they are. But I, I mean, I don't understand it because I haven't been in addiction. You have. Right. Um, first of all, I, I'm obviously so incredibly sorry for both of your your losses because your son is lost in a way, but there's still hope. Yes. Right. We know that you know <laughs> Jesus walks through prison walls. So. Right. Um. But I, be, before we get into, you know, just your, your other two children, I need to make sure that people understand where we're going with this podcast. Okay. It is sad. I'm not going to, there's no way we can talk about this and not feel like so sad. My heart breaks for you. We've only talked about two of her children, but I wanted to take a little moment here before we talk about your other two kids because but I really kind of wanted to talk about specifically one of Sabrina's children and you know who I'm mm -hmm. talking about yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so Brayden is one of Sabrina's children and I have been so fortunate to be able to meet this kid on two different occasions once in Philadelphia and once in Palm Springs California I just thought he was a remarkable young man um you know, I know you've done everything you can to raise your, you know, him and, and we all should get credit when someone turns out well, but most of the credit goes to the kid, right? I mean, he's a story of overcoming in my opinion too. Right. So I think it, let's let our listeners have a little happy moment and tell them where Brayden is today. Brayden is 20 years old today. Um, he recently got married in March, um, lives about five minutes away from grandma, and he is actually a dispatcher for our city police department. Woohoo. Yeah. Now, um, that right there, I would say, and he's not in addiction. Right. Braden is breaking the cycle. Right. But, but Monette. I, I just don't think, I mean, I don't know. It could have happened a different way. Braden could have ended up in foster care and maybe with some other family or something like that. But the path that he was on was that you took care of him. And without your influence, without you staying clean all the years that you did, without the um, spiritual connection that you gave him, you know, you taught him, I don't think he'd be where he is today. So I give you a ton of credit because how easy would it have been with your broken heart for you to just give up, give in and give him away. Right. 
thank you. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I mean it. And so um, I know that you have lost another daughter and you have another son and I think he's in prison. Is that right? Um, he got out about a year ago. Oh, okay. Uh, he's actually uh, fugitive too right now. Um, they both, both of the boys had went to a halfway house and both of them escaped from the halfway house. Yeah. Your other daughter, she was your baby, right? Um, Danielle was the third, oh, third. and okay. Michael was the fourth. Yeah. Now she, um, she passed away from complications of her addiction. True. Yes. Um, and that was recent. That was almost a year ago. It will be on the 14th. Um, well, Monette, I can't wait till I can see you in person so I can give you the proper hug you didn't get yet. <laughs> I know you. you've had a lot of virtual ones and a lot of prayers and, and my heart is with you. But, um, you know, I sit here and, you know, Monette, we both agree that we shouldn't compare beasts, right? We we know right. that's dangerous, yeah. um, but but I can't help it, okay? I know I talk about not comparing, right? I do whole, you know, modules and weapons of hope about not comparing. Sorry, for one second. I, I just have to say that I lost one child and, and I know the devastation of that. Mm -hmm. So the size of the hole in your heart is massive. I mean, there, there's no other way for me to put that, but I've discovered this. And I don't know if you can relate to this because we didn't talk about this. I found out that the hole in your heart is like Mary Poppins magic bag. You know where it's just endless. It's bottomless. Mm -hmm. I feel yeah. like. I found out that you can live with a massive crater in your heart and yet your heart is still, there's enough room for more. Have you found that to be true? Oh yeah. You know, I, I think about this quite a bit. The beast did what he did to my family, but as far as the addictions with my two girls, you know, he, yeah, he, he did it, you know, and I mean, it was years and years. I mean, Danielle was out there for almost 15. Some, uh, some of the times the girls were out there together. Danielle was very shy and bashful. And I would have never thought that she would be somebody, you know, to end up out there like that. Sabrina, on the other hand, I worried about her out there, you know, but I didn't worry as much about her as I did Danielle because right. she was so fragile. And I mean, Sabrina, you know, she, she was, she was a wild child and she could handle herself. So, you know, Monette and I both happen to be believers. And I think that people who, who aren't can still get so much out of, of what we are talking about, because I think that no matter what your spiritual beliefs are, that most people can agree that there's good and evil in the world. I think if you don't agree with that, I don't know where you're living, but, and so when I talk about the beast, the beast are the things that attach themselves to us. They are those experiences that Monette talked about. They are shame. They are guilt. They are addiction, anything that's not from God. Okay. So the point is where it comes from is Satan. I don't like to give Satan credit. So I call him the big beast. But the big beast has a lot of little minions running around wreaking havoc in our lives. And unfortunately, 
we start to believe the lies. We come into agreement with a lot of things. So, but you know, the beast is good. It knows exactly how to get to each person in the right way and at the right moment. I always say he doesn't have a lot of tricks up his sleeve, but they're always good, well-timed ones. And so he, you know, Monette, when I, I hear you talking about the, the beast, I think about he attacked your family fast and hard and, and just sustained. It's like, it's like one of those wars where they say they just kept shelling and shelling and shelling, right? That seems like your life. Right. The, the, the shelling continues. So he's not done with you until you're all destroyed. So what do we do with something like that? I feel like you have a couple choices. You can raise the white flag and say, okay, you got me. It's over. Mm -hmm. The only other choice is to fight. And I know how hard this fight must be when you feel exhausted. There are a couple of things you told me that have helped you a lot. And one is, is figuring out self-care. And I think that as moms, especially that goes by the wayside when our kids are falling apart. So how did you finally go? I got to take care of myself. Well, uh, just just to back up a minute. Um, in 2016 is when I lost my husband um, at the end of May. And then six months later is when I lost Sabrina. Um, that was a time when I said, you know, I, I, I can't do this. I mean, I, I just... I remember when my niece walked up the evening that Sabrina died, I just slid from her hug all the way down to the ground. And I said, I can't do this. I can't bury another family member right now. And she said, yes, you can. You can do this. And she's always been one of my big supporters. Um, encouragement, love, just, there's just nothing like a niece. Can I say something about that? Sure. I love, I love that niece of yours because <laughs> you know what most people would say in that situation? Oh, I know, I understand. And those are good things to say, but she gave you a gift right there. And, and I don't know if at the moment you cared about the gift, No. but in looking back, that must've been a really a pivotal moment. I don't know if you've ever told her, but that seems like to me, such an important moment for her to be, have the courage to say to you, yes, you can Monette. Yep. She's, uh, she's always been there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when Doug died, she stayed at the hospital with me and she came down, you know, when Sabrina passed and she took me to see Danielle when she was in the hospital, having her heart surgery. I just, she's just there you know but yeah you know as as far as um the self-care and you know talking about the beast taking my family and you know striking us all with addiction and i mean even the, their father you know i thought well you know if i leave maybe you know this won't continue but it did Monette, how so, many years have you been clean from drugs and alcohol? I just passed 39. Man, I, I got to tell you what, that you are an overcomer. I know you sometimes don't feel that way and you feel like you struggle and you feel like you fall down and, and um, 
you know, let the beast get to you and all that stuff. But just that in itself is a feat. And then right. to add what you've been through during that, how many times it would have been so simple for you to just give in and give give up to the to the mm -hmm. addiction yourself. You know, as I was saying, with when Doug passed and then Sabrina passed, um, you know, I had struggled uh, with depression throughout the years. And at that point, when I lost Doug, it got bad. You know, it, it, it got worse, I think, than it ever had been. And then uh, I did want to give up and I did want, you know, to lay down and say, you know, this is it. I can't go any further. I just, I did what I could. You know, I, I could get the two boys off to school in the morning. And then it was like, okay, you know, they're out the door now. Let me go back to bed and let me sink where nobody can see me or hear me. I don't even want to see or hear myself. And at that point, honestly, I didn't care if I woke up another day. But scrolling on Facebook is when I ran across your, um, oh, what was it called? Was it the Addicts Mom? Maybe, yeah. I didn't join right away. I read, which is what I normally do. And I kept watching. Finally, you know, something um, on there clicked when you were talking about Jamie. I, I just, I know, you know, that I was supposed to see that post. And so I just kept reading and reading. And Finally, I thought, you know what, I, I need support. You know, this, this sounds really um, like up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe, maybe God still does hear me because at that point I thought I was alone and that I was almost invisible. Aww. And I joined the group. And a few months later is when I had to go to court against the girl that was driving the car that killed Sabrina in that wreck. I had already I had already done number one, you know, decide to stand up and fight. I, I couldn't I couldn't find it in me, honestly, to fight for myself. And I remember in the book, one of the questions was, who can you stand for, if not for yourself? I had Braden and Walter that I was responsible for. Yeah, so, Monette, that's such a good point, because I think when people are really down, we've lost all sense of caring about ourselves. It's so important to find, I don't care if you're standing up for the dog, right? It, it, you find something to stand for. But I think then long term, you got to stand for yourself, but whatever it takes to get you up off the mat, right? Right, exactly. I don't, like you said, you don't care if it's a dog, you know, it, it can be just find something that you care about more than yourself. And that 
you know, to me that there was no question. It was my grandchildren, you know, and not only, not only Braden and Walter, but I have 11 grandchildren. And they're all watching two, you. Right. It, it, yeah, you're right. They watch me more than I ever knew. Um, and, you know, the two great grandchildren now. Um, but that's who I was fighting for. When I realized that I had to go to court, Braden and I both had to write impact statements and someone else would read those for us um, if we wanted them to. But I told Braden that I would rather him read his and then I would read mine. Yeah, that's courageous. So, yes, it, it was very courageous. And it was, like you say, a pivotal point, a turning point. Um, you know, how, how, I mean, how am I going to go into court and face this woman that killed my daughter? That and was, pour your emotions out and, and, and feel everything again and relive everything. It's, it's huge. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I, I was, like I said, I was hunkered. I was defeated. I was wiped out. I was exhausted, depleted, um, just absolutely empty. I didn't have anything left. And the support that I got from the group is what kept me going. And um, the now weapon, put on your oxygen mask. And in order to put it on, first you have to find it. And that right there, for those of you listening who aren't wearing yours, is the biggest point of all. <laughs> I love that, Monette. Yeah. <laughs> I keep telling people to put on their oxygen mask and that Monette says, First, you got to find the darn thing. Yep, you got to find it. And, you know, I had given mine away through the years. I gave a little bit to this person and then a little bit to that person. And, you know, just with the beast attacking, you know, any way that he could, I, I was just lost. And when I realized that I had to put on my oxygen mask and I found it. The next step was to go get it back. I journaled and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I named people off from years ago. Um, you know, that, that had, uh, basically just used me until I couldn't be used anymore. Um, when, when we get on, I know this is typical, but when we get on an airplane, you know, they tell you to put your oxygen mask on before you get somebody else's oxygen mask uh, right. to them. And that's because if we don't do it that way, chances are we're not going to be able to help ourselves either. And that's going to leave everybody out. Um, there was an exercise in one of Valerie's books talking about 
um, doing the mirror exercise and go look in the mirror, you know, and, and see what you see and tell yourself that you can do this, you know, and why you're doing this and just speak things to yourself through that mirror that are all good. And That's tough to do, isn't it? The first time. <laughs> it's very tough. It's kind of yeah. weird. You sit there and you're staring at yourself yeah. and you're going, okay, this yeah. is weird. We get this ingrained in ourselves. And then when something like what you've been through happens and you put all of your energy into somebody else, it's a foreign thing to even accept a compliment, let alone tell yourself you're beautiful and wonderful and, and right. on and on, right? Yep. Yep. But, you know, the thing was, and I, I had done those things, you know, I, I was like, look at me. And, you know, it, it was at the most opportune times for the beast, you know, to whisper in my ear, look at you, you know, you're disgusting. And I mean, you, you can't even get up in the morning. You know, you, you can't even take care of the kids like you're supposed to. And I couldn't. I mean, I'll admit it. I, I could not do it the way I wanted to. Yeah, well, you, were, you had come into agreement with him, hadn't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I mean, I was to the point, like, like I said, I didn't even want to get up in the morning. And I didn't care if I woke up. And I mean, that's that's a bad place to be. I always refer to my past as a black hole. And that's just what I was in. I was in a black hole and I could not see any light. But when I went to the mirror and I started doing affirmations, it didn't take me long. I, you know, sometimes you think, well, you know, I've been here so long. I just don't see how I'm going to get out of this. But honestly, it didn't take me long to gather up the strength. And, you know, God says if we have the faith as a grain of mustard seed, yes. that we can move mountains. And that's all I had. That's all you need. That, and that, that, that worked, you know, and. And your, your program at the time, your um, actions, your nine actions, um, you know, and doing the mirror thing, um, the time came, you know, it was time to go to court. And I, I was still terrified. I was, you know, I, I thought, here I am, you know, me and Braden are going to be in this courtroom with this woman that killed his mother and my daughter and we get to say whatever we want and if I had time I'd share that with you but you know maybe that's another another podcast or whatever um the judge was crying and how the you know what the, the whole thing's sad. It's not, it, there's nothing happy about that. It's sad for the woman who killed your daughter. Right. I mean, she made bad choices. She was on drugs. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying that, that it's, it's sad all around, but at the same time, I'm sure you were exhausted afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, it was, 
very empowering for you. Oh yeah. I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Um, once I had my statement read, written out, I um, read that in front of the mirror. And when I was getting ready that morning to go to court, I could hear the beast, you know, saying, you can't do this. You know, you may think you, you can, but you can't. And uh, you're, you're weak, you know, and uh, you just can't do it. And I kept hearing it. And I heard it so much that it aggravated me. And I was, I, I just thought, shut up, you know, stop telling me these things. And something at that point just, just came up in me, you know, like, I don't know. It, it was just, it was spiritual. Um, it was strength. You know, it was hope, it was confidence, and sometimes we can't get all these things at once, you know, and we have to work toward them, but I went to the mirror, and I was already ready. I was ready to go, and I think I had to go pick Braden up from school. And I just, I got so sick of, of hearing, you know, all the negativity and the defeat that I went to the bathroom mirror and I said, oh, no, 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 we're not doing this today. And I started doing the affirmations again. And then I found myself shouting, like yelling, you know. You're not going to do this to me. In the name of God, you know, I rebuke this. I will not have this. I'm standing up today. This is for my daughter. And I said, yeah, I hear you. You know, I, I hear you telling me all these things. But looking in the mirror right now, I can tell you that those things aren't true. That's so good. And you're a liar. Because looking at myself right now, I've got my makeup on, my hair's done, I'm dressed nice. No, you're not doing this. We're going and, you know, we're going to go through with it. And I went and got Brayden and we went to court. The, the courtroom, I don't even know how many people were in there that day, but everybody was in tears. I almost broke down reading mine. Braden did a very good job at keeping his composure, but he stood right behind me and you know how big he is. Yes. And, you know, he, he had his hand on my back and he was saying, grandma, you can do it. Keep wow. going. So at the end of that, I looked over at Shannon and I said, you know, God requires me to forgive you, and I do. That's empowering too, Monette. People don't understand how empowering it is to let go and to forgive. 
Yeah. Not uh, easy, you know, but it's, it's right. necessary. And it is necessary. And it's necessary for you, for, for us to be able to live our lives. Because if we don't forgive them, it, it doesn't hurt them necessarily, you know, but it hurts us. I was thinking about this when you were talking about the beast, you know, we were talking about just shelling your family over and over and just the bombardments that kept coming and how you were laying on the, on the ground, you slipped from your niece's arms and you're laying there going, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And had you continued on that path, that would have been a complete victory for the beast. Right. Because that's what he was looking for. That was the, that was the period at the end of the sentence. I can move past Monette now onto, onto the next person because mm -hmm. she's done. Um, yeah. I, for one, I'm so grateful that you ha had that mustard seed, that moment with your niece, the thoughts of Walter and Braden, and um, that, those moments in the mirror that you, you know, because there's so much power in the spoken word that you didn't give up and didn't do all that because Monette, you know, okay, your story's not pretty. It's messy, just like most other people's stories. But we are leaving a legacy every moment of every day. We're imprinting ourselves in the hearts and souls and minds of other people. And you have such an impact on those, do you say 11 grandchildren? Yes. And your two great grandchildren. Right. And um, even your your sons that are still here today. Um, anyway, the, the point is that your story is far from being over. And even when you, you know, hit the pearly gates, your story is continuing because of those pieces of you left in the world. And I just want to thank you because this world is in such desperate need of leaders, of courageous people, of people that will lead the way and say, look at me, it's possible. And, um, you know, we could probably talk for a lot longer and, and oh, maybe, yeah. you'll, maybe you'll come back and we'll, you know, get into some other things at an, on another episode, if you will. But um, I, I just feel like I just want to close this out by just seriously thanking you for choosing to be a warrior because it, it really is a choice. You're welcome. I, uh, I hope it helps somebody and, um, you know, I, I would love to come back and, you know, share some more because I, I know, you know, this isn't the end. And I know that I didn't go through all of this for God to drop me on my head. You know, it's, it's something that I want to do. I want to be able to, um, you know, let others know that there's, there's a way, you know, and that we don't have to give up. And when the beast attacks, that's, you know, there's something good around the corner. It's like the harder, the harder he hits us, you know, the bigger the blessing. Um, and, you know, I do real, real quick want to say, um, you know, I know that my daughters fought you know, they, they fought the fight and, you know, they may have lost that battle, but they're both in heaven. And, you know, that's, I mean, of course, that's my belief, but that's my comfort. You know, that's, Amen. that's just, that's just how I see it. You know, he, he may have, you know, 
took them away from us physically, but they'll always live on. And that's one of the reasons that I want to keep going and, you know, doing um, your programs and helping wherever I can, because I want to be able to honor them. Well, I'm going to say one last thing, because if we get into this, we're never getting off of here. <laughs> you are a very good writer. Thank you. And um, I love it. if you don't write a book <laughs> before you leave this planet, that might be kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just I'll thought just... I'd throw that out there, put you on the spot in front of God and everybody. Uh-huh. In front of the <laughs> whole world, huh? Um, I just bought a book. Um, I've had it maybe a week or so, and it it's titled How to Write a Book. Yay! I, I remember. Uh, I think I bought that book before I ever wrote my first book. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's good news. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Well, good for you, Monette. I, I mean, everybody has a book in them. Everybody probably has a few books in them, but because everybody has a story. Yeah. Um, so I think that, um, you know what? It's like when I wrote my first book, I thought, well, you know what? If it helps one other person, uh -huh. with all the effort. And I think you should hold that close to your heart. And um, if it's something that um, resonates with you, obviously I'll do whatever I can to help you. So um, thank you. Yeah. And th so thanks again for being here, Monette. I'm sure you'll be back because here's what you don't know about Monette, because we had to talk about, you know, these sad parts of her story, which are part of who she is. Monette's also very funny she's uh got a really nice sarcastic personality which works perfect for me and um so anyways uh we will come back and have some more uh conversations and um yeah you might shed a few tears on the future podcast but hopefully we'll even have a few laughs yeah yeah that's great i really appreciate being on here okay monette i love you thanks again love you valerie your story matters, so you've got to learn how to live it courageously. Link arms with me at ValerieSilvera.com. We are in this thing called life together. It's time to disrupt our trauma for good.